0: And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old market. Ad. Take it away, boys.
1: Hello, my friends. This... Is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number two hundred and seventy-four of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, June third, twenty twenty-one. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who definitely didn't bet on the Maple Leafs to take it in seven, Mister Joe Polizzi.
0: Did you see that major just self-destruction? I see. This is how this is how much I'm out of it. This is like the third week in a row. That I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Isn't that horrible? Do you, well,
1: I thought you followed hockey. I don't I you know.
0: I just, see, here's the thing. I used to follow sports all the time. I think the number one app I had open was ESPN. But, but since the pandemic, except for football, which football trumps everything, I just haven't paid attention. So now you have to fill me in. Yeah. What happened?
1: Well, the Maple Leafs. Which are uh, a Canadian team, Joe? I didn't realize that. It's Toronto in Canada. That is correct. Yes, they play hockey. Hockey is a game that they play on ice with skates. Um, Yeah. So the Maple Leafs uh, are in the playoffs. They go up three games to nothing. Oh um, no! Did they lose it? And and they blew it. They just complete. And this is now. I'm not a hockey aficionado. But I understand this is sort of, this is kind of a Cleveland Browns ish kind of thing where the Maple Leafs are kind of known for this. I, I I did not know that part of it, but yeah, they blew it. They 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 lost all the remaining games and completely just imploded and just and just lost it all. And so they're taking a little bit of heat for for that losing you know losing game seven um, in the way that they did. Oh, that's uh, always and basically
0: terrible to have that yeah, happen. So. I mean even even when uh the Indian Cleveland Indians were ahead of the Chicago Cubs in the World Series that was 3 to 1 we lost 4 to 3 but 3 yep. to 1 and 3 to 0 are are very very different so yeah my condolences <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what yeah. it feels like it's 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 <laughs> terrible um yeah. and I, I uh, little birdie told me that you got you had a shot yesterday and how I are did you indeed. feeling sir
1: I feel fine today. I, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, I do not have any side effects at all. Um, I encourage you all to go out and get your vaccine. Get your um, vaccinations. Yeah. Get your did, Get your vaccine. Yeah, maybe you get a
0: shot and you'll get a you, million bucks from the California yeah, lottery, or,
1: right? Or you get it, that's right. That's right. Or you get a free beer from Anheuser-Busch. A free donut um, at Krispy Kreme. That's right. You just get all
0: kinds free of stuff. horrible <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay yeah, get this like, vaccination and then we're going to uh we're going to put alcohol in your system as much sugar as we ca- possibly can that'll that'll all help i i what i love so much
1: about this is the whole idea that basically uh, we americans have to be bribed to take care of ourselves
0: <laughs> it's like
1: you we it's not enough to just go hey you know that whole pandemic thing that we just went through for the last uh, fourteen months. Remember how awful that is, and we can fix it by simply getting a vaccination. No, no, we have to bribe you with free donuts, free beer, and free but baseball it, tickets, and a million dollars. But it's
0: just—it it's, is so silly. It's just like we want you and we want our uh, country to be healthy. So get your vaccination. Here's a deep fried chicken. You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> what, exactly. What you, what's wrong with us? It's, it's only the an America. most
1: American thing ever. Yeah, only in America would we bribe somebody with, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, get your vaccination, get a free pack of cigarettes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> smoke them if you got them, right? It's <laughs> smoke them if you got them. You know, you won't get COVID, but you can spill
0: your lungs. No, could you see that? It's Somebody's awesome. out there. You see your your buddy. You're like, I didn't, I didn't know you smoked. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I just got the <laughs> vaccination, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just picked it up. <laughs> oh my oh, god Phillip morris should hey, be we running could, that promotion that would be we
1: could start we could start a new campaign
0: vaping for uh Vape, vaping for vax oh my, you know how big that would be oh yeah we, we see we're all over with the marketing stuff so yeah it's like we should have a marketing show all Right. so you want to know i have a little story to tell you because i obviously know nothing about instagram um I go I don't go into Instagram. Do you go in Instagram every day? Are you an Instagram person?
1: Not every not every okay. day, but I do go in
0: frequently enough to sort of scroll okay. through and get my eye bleach. So know. I'm I've got a fairly decent following on there. I was doing some work and then I just let it go and I probably go in there at once once every a week or two weeks. And with yeah. the book launch stuff, I for some reason I neglected Instagram altogether and there's a lot of people that shared their stories Instagram stories on and tagged me whatever and I go in and I see all these notifications that said you know Anne Hanley shared your story Chris Ducker shared their story and tagged you and whatever I'm like great so I go in click and I there's it's not there and so of course you know what happened but I I go to sure. yeah, I I go to Adam and I'm like Adam I can't see their stories. Like, what What am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, Dan, do you not even know Instagram? It's like, they've only got 24 <laughs> hours unless they save them. But if they don't save them, you can't see them. And I said, so all these people that were wonderful enough to share my the book on their Instagram feeds, I can't see. It's like, yeah, you're, you're right. You have to go in once a day. And uh, Anne Hanley was giving me all kinds of grief about it because she tagged me in something a couple weeks ago. And then I just, I couldn't see it, but I liked it. Because I'm sure she, I was like, maybe, because it just says, Anne Hanley shared, and you can't see what it is, but it just says, share. Sure, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll like that. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, are, are you? And yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm, a, I'm an Instagram noob. I, I should be, I should be better. And I'm not. Do you even gram, bro? <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you even gram?
1: I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I don't about. know
0: what, I see, I'm so, well... And then I was, so Adam's showing me how, and he's just, the whole time he's murmuring, boomer, 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 you know, like, cause you just can't, just can't help <laughs> right? it. And exactly. I'm like, well, that's why I like Twitter, because things stay around. And he said, well, what about Twitter fleets? And I'm like, oh, no, stop it. I don't, I like Twitter the way it is. I don't want disappearing things on Twitter unless I delete them. So, but I didn't even know, yeah, I forgot right. about that. I just fleets. have never.
1: I have I have yet to ever do an Instagram story or a Twitter fleet or a Facebook story because yeah. they disappear too, um, or Snapchat. I just I I I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm I'm not
0: sure why. Why well, would you do something that disappears? But our but our strategies over the past twenty years of communication, most people. Just like this podcast, right? Most people listen to this podcast. They don't listen to it within twenty four hours. They listen to it. No, of course they not. listen to it right. in the next week, two weeks, whatever it is. With our blog post, right. more, more people read a blog post after it's been been around for six months than the first six months. I mean, oh, easily, right. yeah, yeah. This is just the thing. So we know that you know content you create should be an asset long term, and that's why I'm with you. I don't understand the you know touch base. Here's what here's my life is not interesting enough. I don't have anything that happened that particular day that I can share because it's. I think it's boring. I don't like. I know some people aren't boring and they can do this. Like I think Anne Hanley does a really good job with her stuff, and she always makes it interesting. And she's in her tiny house and everything. <laughs> but I'm just like I'm in an office. i You know what's exciting? I got two monitors. Like that's exciting. Like <laughs> people <Right>. don't care. <laughs> right. Right. So. Right.
1: Well, it, weirdly they do, I mean, for some of that stuff, but but some people care for sure. I mean, we, you know, we but you and I both did the Andy Crestedina desk. Yeah, here's my desk. Uh, sort I've, of crowdsourcing. Yeah, here's my desk crowdsourcing post where he posted up a and was very nice enough to include both of us in that where we shared a picture of our desk and what what it looks like and and, and all of that and but, you know, if you had asked me about that, if you'd said, Hey, why don't you do a post where you just go crowdsource every, a picture of everybody's desk and post it up and have everybody give it a cute name? I'd be like, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And Andy does it and it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's, it's got it's, like it's, a
0: million people it, looking at it. It's got
1: like a thousand. Yeah. It's, I mean, and you just go, Oh, right. That's because they're smart and I'm not. Yeah. That's basically it. So. Yeah, I you know what what people are interested in you just you know you
0: you you never know. I I I don't I don't get it. It's the same thing with the the creator coin thing that my wife and I have been having conversation about it, and I'm like I'm like no that they, they put the trust in the creator instead of it being like an ICO and whatever and she says this is the dumbest thing ever. It's like people are going to tr- give you money Your wife and trust is you. Very very smart. Your
1: wife is very very she smart. She says
0: what is wrong with this? I'm like no, this is a <laughs> yeah. thing. This is a, we're, we're building our own economy and she's like you are the dumbest. <laughs> no, she's she's very nice about it. But yeah, she does she just shakes her head like what? why are people why are people investing in this it's you yeah i'm like because they trust me they trust (laughs) that i'm gonna do something like no this is wrong i'm like (laughs) so we have a little little conversation about it i i I fully endorse that conversation well you're you know you're in robert get off my lawn mode so you're true absolutely really that's which is which is i seem to be leaning more your direction lately anyways because I'm I'm less I'm more looking at something instead of being the glass is half full I look at it with the snarky Joe like what is that what are they doing that's that's <laughs> crazy
1: <laughs> well I, look I'm I, look I'm nothing if not an optimist my friend oh yes I, you are I, I you absolutely are. I absolutely you know as I like to say it's not whether the glass is half full or half empty it's fully full right I mean if there's stuff in it there's you know there's n- a- enough to drink. And so that's, yeah, but, you know, there, there are some things, there are absolutely some things that, you know, this is, this is the part where I pull out a cigarette. I sort of sit down, put my hand on my knees like a grandpa and go, let me tell you about life, kid, you know, and, and, and sort of, you know, cause you know, I, I've seen some shit, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, there's some of these things I've just, you know, with, I don't know with you know as i get older some of these things that i see out there i just go i just i just have a really good gut feeling of the things that are going to last and the things that aren't going to last and you know and uh, I, you know i i <laughs> i have an opinion on it you know but that's it's like everybody else's uncle
0: <laughs> you know what i mean it's like I'm, I'm that guy i've now become that guy i and well i've had the same conversations with people about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, they just think it's the of silliest course. thing. And I Absolutely. and I basically yeah. say, don't get hung up on what you think cryptocurrency is. I said, what we're talking about is decentralized finance. We're talking about pu- that is we're, that we're talking about something bigger. Don't get the whole Dogecoin in the middle and whatever. The idea no, of no, no, no. decentralized anything is an amazing revolution that's happening. It's happening, in co- we talked right. about it last year. Well, we're talking about yeah. yeah.
1: We're talking about the difference between digital music distribution and things like mp3.com, right? You know, when mp3.com, everybody came out and was like, I mean, you know, I, I, in fact, I worked on mp3.com way back in the day and everybody was over. I mean, it was everybody was flipping out. This was going to be the thing, right? Mm -hmm. This was going to be the thing. And it flamed out as fast as anything. Right, because you know, it just it just it wasn't it wasn't what was it, it it was something that was a part of the the bigger picture here. And so you're exactly right. I this decentralized finance is the interesting thing um, in the whole cryptocurrency.
0: Mm. Well, which idea. is which and, is the one thing I'm in fact yeah. like. I don't know about whether you call it creator coins or social tokens. I don't know where that's going, but I do like the fact that somebody, if they wanted to get some benefit they they could actually go directly to the creator and give them money with no middle entity involved yeah so that that is that is historic in a creator's journey to be able to do that I can say oh you want like for example for this podcast we could say hey you, you want to sponsor it you, you don't have to send a check you, you don't have to put a credit card through you don't have to go through PayPal there's nobody taking out middle transaction whatever Just go buy X amount of Tiltcoin, and we're good. Or whatever, Uh right? (laughs) Right, yeah. Or or whatever. whatever. (laughs) But it. See, you laugh. This segment of the show brought to you by Tiltcoin. Oh, I'm not promoting (laughs) Tiltcoin. I'm not promoting it. No, not at all. I'm just saying that, whatever, we should probably start the (laughs) show. We're going longer and longer with our intros. Pretty soon, there's no, going to be no marketing or media talk on this show. It's just going to be it's the two chuckleheads, boomer arguing yeah. over cryptocurrency. This, we're going to yeah. call the Boomer 60. 60 minutes of Boomer talk. <laughs> boomer, I'm going to launch Boomer Coin. Is what I'm. You gonna should launch, launch. Boomer Coin. Do you know? Oh okay, yeah, you want to know? <laughs> okay, last thing, you want to know a URL that uh, that I bought after we were with all of our friends hanging out talking about Boomer stuff. Okay. I, instead of TikTok, I bought Boomer Talk. <laughs> oh my God.
1: OMG. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. Could you imagine?
1: Yeah. I mean You you should make t shirts. You should definitely make T shirts.
0: But I yeah, but I have to and, and they they're like, Oh, you should launch the site, you know, would be great. It'd be just videos about boomers doing stupid things. But I'm like, that actually takes work. Like that's
1: the Tito's talking right
0: there is what that is. <laughs> exactly the, what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by yeah. Tito's. Actually, yeah. we should have said boomertalk.com go to Titos.com. And that would probably be
1: enough. There you go. Affiliate marketing. Exactly.
0: All right, what do we, All what right. do we got? What's going on this week? Let's
1: let's talk about the news. Well, the first story that we're going to talk about is not necessarily related to content of what else is new, um, but uh, it is an important thing and and it's worth talking about um, because everybody is talking about it. And it would be good for you and I to have a discussion about this All as right. well, which is the article we'll link to in the show notes comes to us courtesy of Bloomberg. Uh, the headline, Employees Are Quitting instead of giving up working from home. The subheadline here, the drive to get people back into offices, is classing with workers who've embraced remote work as the new normal. The article opens up by saying, a six-minute meeting drove Portia Twittit, what a great name, Portia Twittit, uh, to, to, <laughs> to quit her job. It's just a, it's an awesome name. I'm absolutely positive that Portia Twittit is English. There is, there is no doubt in my mind that she has an English accent. Um, anyway, Portia had taken the position as a research compliance specialist in February, enticed by promises of remote work. Then came the prodding to go into the office. Meetings invites piled up. The final straw came a few weeks ago. The request for an in-person gathering scheduled for all of 360 seconds it got dressed, dropped her two kids at daycare, drove to the office, had a brief chat, and decided she was done. As she said, I had just had it. She lives in Marietta, Georgia. With the coronavirus pandemic receding for every vaccine that reaches an arm, the push by some employers to get people back into the offices, is clashing with workers who've embraced remote work as the new normal. While companies from Google to Ford to Citigroup have promised greater flexibility, many chief executives have publicly extolled the pr- importance of being in offices, and some have lamented the perils of remote work, saying it diminishes collaboration and company culture. J.P. Morgan Chase's Jamie Dimon said at a recent conference that it doesn't work for those of us who want to hustle. The article then goes on by sort of quoting some others and talking about some of the perks of flexibility as a poll that was done um, and some of the the other opportunities that are there and, of course, senior management's view of this as well. What say you, Joe Polizzi? Is this – is this,
0: are we at the tipping point of something that's really big here that's going to be a big problem or what do we it's got? It's interesting. I, I have a friend of mine that's a senior recruiter in the technology space and I was having a conversation with him and he, he said – we haven't seen anything yet. They, they, this is this job, whatever this job transition slash movement is, it's just getting started. He's he's saying that he, it, it's happening so fast. He says sometimes we'll open a position, we'll get two thousand resumes for that position a day. Uh, companies can't deal with the, the transition this fast. He says some of the companies they work with, you know, they're used to you know, a month five six weeks before they fill a position sometimes even longer and he says we've got to get this down to a week or two weeks because the loss of productivity time is just crazy and people are actually for the variety of reasons they talk about in this article whether it's they don't want the commute time they've realized that they can work from home i and i'm just trying to figure out what it means for marketers as well. You got marketers and content creators that are right in the mix of this. You've got people that are in offices that are saying, I want to, I like, um, I, I don't want to go back to this office environment that I was in before. I've figured out that, you know, I have childcare is better. I like my, the, my life better. Um, I, I don't know where, I don't know what is going to happen with this, but I think in about six to 12 months, this is going to create all kinds of chaos for large businesses across the United States and probably across the world because this is just a thing happening and we need to pay, prepare for it and you could say I think you could say oh well they're getting um, you know more bet you know more money the government's giving everybody more money so they're a little bit but if you look at the cost of commuting they, in this article they say it's at least five thousand dollars I think in a lot of cases it's more if you're in New York you're in California uh, the time it takes, we know a lot of our friends in marketing that do easily an hour commute into office and and back, so that's two hours a day. What's the value of that? Um, so everyone's kind of relooking at quality of life, and this is part of it. So I don't know. What do you think?
1: I you know, I think, I think this is a non-story. Um, I think it's a I think it's an interesting side story in the whole re-entry. We're you know, we're in this we're in this very interesting time right now, which which, you know, it's it's a liminal time, right? Things are open, but things aren't open. We're traveling, but we're not traveling. We're going back to work, but we're not going back to work. There's this very strange we're in this sort of you know very you know we're fully vaccinated but we're not fully vaccinated we're taking off our masks but we're not taking off our masks there's we're we're in a very strange odd time right now so it doesn't surprise me that that a story comes about like this but what i always question when i read a story like this is how how big is this really right you know it goes, you know. It, it's. It, I, I'm always reminded of my marketing professor who who always said, "Just remember that you're rarely your target market, yeah. right? You're 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 not the story." And when I recognize myself in the story, I, I usually go, "Is is this, you know?" Because we have to remember that what we're talking about here is a very specific segment of the economy, and it's a bigger segment of the economy, certainly. You know, this is all of the information workers who can actually work from home, right? That's because right. This is a very That's right. specific segment of what we're talking about. This is software developers. This is it's, uh, but it's marketers developers. too. This is it's marketers, yeah. it's absolutely us, yes. right? What it's not are firefighters and police officers and teachers and Uh, you know, uh, grocery store workers and cab drivers. And, you know, I mean, there are so many other factory workers and manufacturing plant managers and building supervisors and, you know, all of these people who have to be on site and on, you know, premise in order to do their job. And to me, they have to be looking at this and going, what, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, of course we're going back to work. Whenever we can get back to work, we're go- this is what we do. This is, you know, this is, this is our job. And so I, I, I look at this and I go, this is a segment of a segment, right? Because I also know people who, and, and I, by the way, I would include myself in this group who, if I had a job, I would be eager to get back to collaborating with my colleagues in person. Now, again, I, you know, it's, it's easy for me to say that because of my station of where I sit in my job. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to traveling again, and I'm looking forward. Now, I'm in a balance idea, in a balance, you know, I don't want to travel as much as I had been, and I certainly don't need to travel as much as I had been. I think that's one of the lessons coming out of this. So to me, it's not an either-or. This, the, 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 the inflammatory headline here of we're quitting if we can't work from home I think that's a a niche within a niche within a niche. And I think that's, to me, that feels like a side story. There is, I think, an acceleration of this idea of hybrid and how hybrid is going to start to uh, really affect the way that companies invest in office space. And there, I think there's an interesting disruption. Commercial office space and how it's being used right now, which was a you know and that you know that includes everything from downtown in, in big cities to some of the big office parks that have been built up in in, in, uh, in more you know suburban areas. I think that does put an interesting stressor on the investment of big, huge office parks anymore in in, in relation to building, communities where you know people can you know more live work communities right where there is both of those things living side by side so i think it's disruptive but i think it's not disruptive in this way i think the whole you know bro you're gonna quit you know before you go back to your you know cube at your at your office is, is sort of
0: overstated I'll put it well that way. you you absolutely could be right i guess the one thing i would mention in your your situation with travel is your your it's your choice yeah, which of is course. different than somebody that has to go into an office. They work for the company. They well, made the choice to work for the company, so they have to abide by the rules of the company. And in these the cases in this story, you have to go back. That's what they're talking about. Yeah, you don't have that exactly.
1: Issue. And I, I guess what I don't see as productive is sort of putting a black hat and a big you know handlebar mustache petting a white cat on the CEOs who are saying. Hey guys, we have to get our people back in the offices here. You know, I, I, I don't I, I don't see that as being a productive conversation. No, it's conversation it's not a it's not that, 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 No, the,
0: you're right. It's not a productive conversation, but what happens because of that decision? The company that says we want everybody to come back in, you get a large percentage of those people that say, "You know what? I I'd, I'd like to get a job and not have to go into the office. And you know what? There are companies all over the world with open Absolutely. arms. Go do it. That are going go to do what, it. and that's what's happening. So then you're going to. And a lot of these companies that say, "Oh no, we'll be b- more productive working in an office." Which I don't necessarily agree with working in an office environment. Uh, let's bring them all back in. Like, oh, we can't because we have to be competitive because we can't get the best talent. Uh, See,
1: I'm not sure about that. Uh... That's the part I'm not sure about. I don't. I don't know that, I mean, no, look, nothing against, you know, our good friend Portia Twittit here, um, but is she the best research compliance specialist out there? Is, is she the top of the talent pool when it comes to this? Or is she an average talent person who doesn't want to work in an office? And so, uh, I, you know, I, I think if, you know, and, and by the way, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take an action item, if you will. I'll go look at the data. I, I, don't, I don't know that long-term, and again, I think this is a story that's built within the fact that we're in this sort of momentary transitional phase. So I think emotions are high, and I think sort of desires are high now. But I think long term, if we look at those in the talent pool that are, that, are, that are smart, talented, and top of their game, I don't know that they index any higher for those that want to work from home versus those that don't. I don't I don't I don't I don't believe that to be true. My gut. And I don't have data to say one way or the other. But I don't I don't think a company that says we want to have people on site is necessarily going to lose out on top talent. I just don't I don't believe that that's true.
0: I think the yeah, I think you've got some very good points, but the, the issue is bigger because over the last 14 months people have been analyzing their life situation. More than ever before, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, right. I, I'm right, right there We with all you, my are. friend. We yeah, all are. Exactly. And so we're yeah. looking at things differently. I've talked with a couple of my friends that were lifers in their jobs. Some were teachers. Yeah. Some were architects. Yep. All across the board who were very, very happy with their jobs. They, I would say they would never leave. They're, they're all looking at oh, doing something different. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. But this true. plays into it. It plays it because you're not even saying it's in this situation, Porsche uh, and the whole comp- the company competition issue. They're not just dealing with, oh, Porsche's going to go work at another place because of the hybrid rules or whatever. You're up against looking at just the risk of taking a job versus the risk of starting a job. And so you've got this whole slew of entrepreneurs and in our industry, content creators that are saying, I can be anywhere doing any-. it. Again, we're talking about knowledge workers here. It's a little bit different than to your point, a nurse or a fire person or whatever the case is. But this is getting everyone. So you're you're going to have the portions of the world do all kinds of different things and you're going to have a shortage of workers in these mid-sized to large companies and small companies of course you can't go down the street without seeing everyone's got a hiring sign for ver- for various reasons this is going to be a problem you're going to have I, wage I, inflation go through the roof in the next 2 years because of this
1: i agree i agree for some industries because we have to remember that that's a two-way street because as those people also considered Transitioning out to being content creators or whatever they're going to transition to, and we've seen this right here in Los Angeles. We have seen a huge shortage of uh, waiters, yeah. for example, restaurant workers, and those restaurant workers are now during the when everything closed down, they transitioned. You know, some of them are now working at breweries, some of them have started their own businesses, some of them have gone off to work in manufacturing jobs. But in addition to those that are sort of checking out of the on-site office work we're gonna have some of those new people checking in to office work. In other words, they're gonna be like, hey, I've been trying to work at home as a nanny or a whatever for, you know, for, for whatever, and now I'm going to, I've got an opportunity to go into an office every day and actually earn a higher salary because I'm, I'm, I'm going into an office. Absolutely, I'm down for that. So it's a two-way street. I think you're going to have both of those things happen for certain industries. I totally agree with this on certainly on the lower side of things. You've definitely got a wage. I mean, we're seeing it right with minimum wage and some of the you know some of the the benefits, the, the signing bonuses, all of that.
0: Oh god, all of yeah. that,
1: right? All of that is is pushing people. But to me, I, I have to see it as a, it's a two way street here, right? Yes, you will have people exiting out and saying. I want to become a content creator or I want to become, I want to go to a place where I can work fully hundred percent remote from Boise, Idaho. Um, and then you're going to have those who go, I, I, in fact, I just talked with somebody yesterday who's like, I've been working from home. He lives in suburban Georgia. He's been working from home as a business development executive for a software company. He had an opportunity to go work for a company, a technology company in New York. And it's they're going back to the office. And he was like, I'm so excited. I get to live in New York. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to go live in an apartment in New York. I'm going into the office. He's, he's so excited about actually going for the first time in his career, actually working for a company that's going to require him to be in an office. So it's both. It's both of those things. Is it a two-way street? Or is it a- <laughs> it's a two-way street. It's both that's of those things. It's two way. I think it's we've killed.
0: I think we've killed this we've topic, definitely, and yeah. I'm All glad right. that you agree with me. Yeah, exactly. As always. <laughs> what we All have? right, next story
1: yeah. here. This is this another fascinating story here. This comes from uh, uh, our you know we've we've said this before, but this what's new in publishing site. It's really good. Um, they have a headline here, and the headline is: What if the future of media is only newsletters and podcasts? Axios seems to think that's right. Uh, The successful tech startups and new media ventures bet big on paid newsletters and podcasts. Big tech seems to follow. The article opens up by saying the recipe for starting a new media venture in 2021 seems to be straightforward. Blog, newsletter, podcast. From there, you scale up and start adding additional verticals like events, uh, discussion forums, a YouTube channel, and so on. Boy, does that oversimplify things. Anyway, in the past few months, there's been an ample coverage of the rise of the independent media ventures with a focus on individuals or groups of journalists leaving newsrooms and setting up paid blogs with a newsletter and a podcast. The stories have tended to focus on how this will affect newsroom operations and whether outlets will be able to hold on to talent. Meanwhile, Apple and Spotify announced that they're going big on paid podcasts this year. Basically then the article continues on to talk about how Axios, whom we quote a lot on this uh, show, basically has built its entire success on email newsletters, and the article goes on to then talk about podcasts, about how they're built on building habits, Um, and basically asking the question, I guess, sort of underneath the, the subtext of the entire article is, is this, you know... All you need to do, if you're a business these days, all do all you need to do is launch a newsletter and a podcast. What
0: say you, Mister Content Creator Guy? Well, yes, they're right. It's the only media model you, you can only <laughs> you could only. We talked about this before. You can only do it this way, <laughs> right. it's, Now yeah. there, the the blog, newsletter, podcast trifecta is important to talk about on this show for one reason: is that they're as far away from social media rented land as you can get that's very important now it doesn't mean they're not using social media to drive you know subscribers to their newsletter but you do have you do have the most control over blogs on your own website then newsletter with your email and then podcasts which you still have much more freedom than you would let's say on a Facebook or a YouTube so that's I think that's really important to think about the other, the thing that I, whenever you see these articles, I always think, yes, that's for right now. Me- newsletters are hot. Groups of journalists leaving their newsrooms and going and set up paid blogs. It's where it's at right now. By the way, I would say that most of them aren't making any money with it, because if you look at all Substack paid newsletters right now, they—I want to say only five hundred thousand paid subscribers is a big number, but that goes across like a million. <laughs> creators on Substack so you know you got to share two or three you know it, it, there's not much going on there when I see this I'm like this is a huge opportunity for a free newsletter everyone's going paid well what if you focused on something free I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago so you know zig when everyone's zagging um, there, there's going to be now a trend toward free because everyone wants to paid I don't know if you agree with this but but I do to to your point before the show when you were talking about this being kind of a, I don't know if this is a, a true statement or not. Um, do you think it's a true statement? What is the what if the future media is only newsletters and podcasts? Yeah, it's well, well only for the, the work the from home crowd.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, the look. The, I think the headline is purposely written to be. You know, I mean, they they're they're trying to get clicks here, which I don't. You know, I I don't blame them. You know, it's a it's a it's a great. And you know what? Axios's
0: model absolutely works. BuzzFeed. uh, This is for Axios. And it's worked for BuzzFeed. It's worked for New York Times. That's right. It's worked for a lot of media companies. There's nothing wrong with this. But there are now a lot of these models out there. And that's why you think you have to ask. Maybe there's a maybe there's another way. I
1: think that's true. And and what I have seen, you know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that when you see an article like this, you sort of have to question, like, uh, really? You know, it's like, you, you, I agree with that 100%, right? When you see an article like this on what's new in publishing, and you hear about it on this show, it's already too late. <laughs> you missed yep. it. You know what I mean? You, you missed that trend if you're seeing it in an article like this. If you're just learning about this now, then it, it's over. <laughs> so, um, and I overstate that a little bit, but... What I have really seen, I will tell you, is on the B2C side, um, consumer company side, the growth of private communities seems to be like a thing. Um, You know, they're really, a lot of folks are focused in on using apps, um, mobile apps primarily, and online digital communities as a means of pulling, you know, communities are back basically. as I'm seeing it from the clients that we're working with on the B2C side. On the B2B side, what we're seeing a lot of is the growth of sort of what I would call connected digital experiences rather than repositories of information. And what I mean is that what they're doing is they're taking their thought leadership, their education programs, and they're putting it into a much more dynamic kind of Connected experience, whether you call that a university or some sort of you know fun, interesting choose-your-own-adventure story or whatever, however it is, rather than just a bucket of PDFs, mm-hmm. right? And so, those are the two trends that I see right now for marketing. You know, at the at the product and service side, the media company side, absolutely agreed, right? Where uh, you know, as they say here. You know, it's all about paid newsletters. And I 100% agree with you. When I look at this from a paid media side, I go, oh, great, I'm going to zag here. A free newsletter, uh, a broadly sponsored piece of content, you know, really looking at big brand level, you know, non-data scraping, you know, those sort of bigger, higher reach, really good and noisy, you know, sort of ideas. I think those are the kinds of things that are really going to, differentiate
0: you know in the coming months i mean how i mean this is (laughs) it's the model that we used at content marketing institute you basically have a a proprietary blog you have that big tentpole piece that you talk about that was our research got everyone in the door we had a newsletter that people could subscribe to and then we diversified out with a podcast and then lo and behold here comes an event this they're they're talking about the model right here which by the way is nothing new it's just sometimes the media channels change a little bit, but everything else remains the same. What I, again, I can't, I think what this model and media is getting right versus what marketers are getting wrong is marketers just seem to flock to social media channels when media companies fly as far away from them as possible right now. <laughs> When you said flock, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is a family. Is it a family show? I don't know yeah. if it is anymore. Well, it's really not. It probably it's isn't. really,
1: really not. But I, it it made yeah. me giggle. The 17-year-old in me giggled pretty high. They are at that. flocking. But yes, that's yes, exactly they're right. They're
0: flocking all over the place. <laughs> this is crazy.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to our next flocking story. Um, where we're going to talk about Discord. Um, I know you're a big fan of Discord, and this comes to us courtesy of Fast Company. Uh, And the headline here is, Inside Discord's Risky Push to Position Itself as the Anti-Facebook. The article opens up by saying, Discord wants you to imagine a place where friendship isn't a request, it just sort of happens, or a place to enjoy cookies without spilling your data. These are taglines from a new brand campaign from the social app, which lets users create servers, essentially chat rooms dedicated to a certain topic or type of conversation. Founded six years ago, Discord has now that 150 million active monthly users and is popular with gamers, podcasters, and increasingly people who want to discuss everything from local politics to gardening. Unlike most other social platforms, Discord doesn't revolve around a feed. Each user's profile is like a house and the servers are like rooms typically used for different things. The app garnered some attention last month for hosting Facebook CEO's Mark Zuckerberg for a live chat. It also recently entered the mainstream business discourse when Microsoft was said to be interested in acquiring the company for at least $10 billion. On Thursday, the company launched a new feature called Stage Discovery, a clear play for the live audio trend kicked off by apps such as Clubhouse and Twitter. And the article goes on to talk more about Discord, Um which is clearly uh, something that their PR people should be very happy about because they got an article placed in mm-hmm. fast company. But what say you, Joe Polizzi? Uh What is this all up with uh, Discord's new branding
0: tactics? Unnecessary. Uh, they were yeah. all Discord already <laughs> is positioned right. as the anti Facebook. Uh, they yeah, they they they've got the audience. They've got a f- passionate following about that most of the people on discord that are active on discord are probably not even on facebook or if they do they don't go on it very often but i was reading this and i'm trying to read between the lines as to why discord would do a f- you know they, they just updated their logo which was again unnecessary I thought everything was fine the way it was, but I don't know if they got a new chief marketing officer in there. And I'm thinking, okay, what? why would a company do this? Why would a company invest all this and get the fancy agency and do this whole thing? Because they are setting themselves up for sale, right? That's right. exactly why you do this. You clean up everything. You make it look like you're a little bit more professional than you are. They don't quite have the revenue that they would like to get the, the valuation. You and I talked about, you know, could they get that, you know, ten billion plus valuation. Well, you'd have that's that's a real stretch with their current revenue. So they've got to really look like a high growth unicorn at this point. So that's, you know, I, I loved I love Discord. I love what they're doing. I talked to somebody the other day about the opportunities to differentiate yourself by using something like Discord versus a Slack, um, dep- especially if you're going after a younger audience. It's different for what we're trying to do and create our. Um, our discord server with the tilt because most of the people that are that we're attracting have never been on discord before so you got first you got to get them on discord so you've got an educational effort if you don't have that educational effort boy this is really something my my, both my sons are i think my oldest is has like 80 or 85 different servers that he's on on a regular basis uh, and then, and yeah. then my younger one is on the gaming side, and he's got about thirty places that he goes to. This is like the but Twitch and Discord. That's that's their jam. So and you and I talked yeah. about what was it? A couple? We were like betting on the future of these social media platforms and which ones were going to win. And I think you and I both said Twitch and Discord have as as good a shot as anybody to to come out of this.
1: I agree. I agree, and by the way, uh, just because I've been doing some research into the company, um, yeah, Discord does have a new CMO as of September.
0: Ah, see, so she's been, that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's been on the job for a couple of quarters now. So I mean, she's from former Nike, um, and uh, yeah, it, she's a, a, a young, talented, um, and so it's, yeah, of course they're it's changing so up funny the because logo and changing my, up the my
0: yeah, yeah my my youngest said. Why did they? Why did they do a whole new brand identity thing? And I said, "Well, my guess would be new CMO." <laughs> but I didn't check. Right. so I'm glad you did. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I've been, well, I've been looking into the company part of it. You know, they they sort of the thing that interests me is the sort of the financials and how they're working and all that. And, I, and and by the way, I agree with you. They're 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 sparkling things up. You know, they're they're walking around with shiny cloths and you know polishing everything, making it look all sparkly. You know, to me, Discord is. You know, it's it's. I'm warming to Discord a lot more than I did when I first started using it, and and the reason I'm warming to it is because it's what I'm starting to use Facebook for. Right, I'm starting to use Facebook much much less for uh, sort of the public feed, and much more for just access to the private groups. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, I and I did a measurement. I I think probably. Eighty to eighty-five percent of the content that I see now are from private groups uh, that I belong to because it's what I engage with most. And so, uh, I think Discord is a is a is that right? It's that you know sort of, uh, it's just private groups, right? There is no public feed. So I think it's a really I, I I think it's got I think it's got some interesting things ahead, but I think you're exactly right. They're 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 getting ready to try and sell this puppy.
0: Uh what what the, what was the one we covered? Microsoft? Microsoft, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's right. Microsoft was going to buy it and
0: and they may come
1: back, you know. I mean, at 10 billion, maybe they're overvalued, you know. They're they're
0: somebody's going to buy it. Some somebody will absolutely now, buy Hold on, it. I'm just looking up Microsoft's cash on hand as of Last year they had 136 billion. Okay, look at that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they got. I mean, they got. What's what's overpaying? Yeah, what's overpaying? Um, so ten billion dollars would be if you're if Microsoft. The thing,
1: especially to get the gamers, to get the gamers, you know, that's a huge. And the
0: thing that Microsoft really does well that they don't get enough credit for is the long view. More than anyone else, they have the they they have such the long. how many how many years have they been, oh, they've been yeah. losing money on Xbox? That thing is going yeah. to pay off so big for them. Oh, they're yeah, they're they're Microsoft
1: is quietly dominating so many things. It's just it's you know Apple and Google and Facebook and um, you know Netflix get a lot of the uh, get a lot of the sort of noise in the marketplace but you know and you even call it fang right you know you've got the facebook you know alphabet you know netflix google No, it would be uh what's the amazon sorry um and um you know but microsoft is quietly in the background just
0: performing and performing and performing and performing and making very smart moves well i mean that's who who knew that i I think they're the largest by market second largest by market cap they're close yeah Yeah. i think so yeah they're very very, very, amazon I think it depends Amazon, on the Amazon, Apple depends and on Microsoft the yeah. are the three the trifecta yeah. that are that are up there. So it's just it's yeah. just amazing what they've been able to do. So Yep. Yeah.
1: All right. Very quickly, the last uh, story we'll cover here before we get to rants and raves. Um, now, we're not going to get political, folks. Just know that. Just it's going to. We're going to talk about Trump for about five minutes here, but we're not going to get all political. Um, the news that we'll cover is from Media Post, and this is a media story. Trump shutters his floundering blog is the headline of the story. The story opens up by saying, Former President Donald Trump has shut down his blog, which launched last month to worldwide headlines but failed to draw much of a following. Trump unveiled from the desk of Donald J. Trump on May 4th, around three months after Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube threw him off their platforms. The companies did so after an insurrectionist mob of his supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to prevent Congress from certifying the results of the 2020 election. And the uh, story goes on basically to say that while the website is no longer uh, available, there is a news feed which uh, is occasionally featuring some content. The one point I wanted to make before I get your take, Joe, quickly is uh, when the Nevada Republican Party chairwoman Amy Tarkanian asked whether Trump's move might be a precursor to him joining another social media platform. Miller responded, yes, actually it is. Stay tuned. So what say you? I mean, I have a very quick take on this, but I
0: wanted to get your take. Again, not political, but it has to be the worst media strategy that's ever been. Developed, in my opinion, because yep. and let's just put this into context, right? You you don't get Donald Trump with, to get eighty eight million followers on Twitter and thirty two million on Facebook. That's a big deal, right? And you have to when you get to that. And this is for any brand, any content creator. When you get to that point on rented land, you have to figure out a way to move that that into something that you can control from a media standpoint. It would be make most sense for that to be some kind of an email newsletter, a blog, or whatever. They say it shutters his blog. He really didn't give this blog a chance. Never really, right? Never, never really, really put enough into a regular consistent blogging strategy ongoing. The text strategy and the email strategy were almost solely focused on donation requests. It wasn't on a value exchange. It wasn't on a de- developing a content experience. If this was started two years ago, even one year, whatever it is, Donald J. Trump could have 10 million email subscribers, be one of the most powerful uh, voices. And right now he's voiceless. Now, it seems like that he'll he'll get a voice back. But t- you talked about this before. Why go rented land to rented land? What,
1: what? Right. I mean, why do that? Yeah. If there's if there's one person in the entire planet that should understand the risk of rented land and how that makes you, uh, it, 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 it basically reduces your ability to speak to the public marketplace. It should be this guy, right? I mean, he was literally shut off by rented land. The The, the owners of the land said, nope, goodbye. Which can happen um, to any and- of us.
0: At any time. Right. It just happened to him. And you you could be a brand, you could they are fiddling with the algorithm on YouTube all the time and you don't get shown. This happens everywhere.
1: That's right. And so when he launched this blog, I went, Oh, that's a really interesting strategy for him to try and start to build up an owned media audience. In sort of a precursor, I would think to you know the long rumored sort of network that he had fancies about uh, launching yeah. as well, and it would be a really interesting sort of um, ability to do that. So now this is you know I mean it's like if you didn't le- learn your lesson then you know I, and and who knows which social media he may have advanced knowledge about whether Facebook's going to let him back on. Apparently they're discussing that, or whether this Telegram. Platform is going to be his new platform or something, but you know, I just think it's it's the lesson learned here for us is not political. It's basically a media lesson of saying don't don't do this. You know, it, launching a blog and then expecting it to be huge a month later is just. I don't care who you are, if you have a brand like Donald Trump or if you have a brand like somebody who doesn't, you don't know anybody. A month is not long enough to actually you know uh, really. Work through this kind the, of strategy, but the greatest,
0: so it's just the crazy. greatest case study for you and I. This is the greatest case study of not uh, relying on social media platforms. This yeah, because exactly look what right. happens. Even one of the most powerful people in the world get deplatformed. It can happen anytime. That's right. Yeah.
1: Anytime, anytime. All right, mister, it's now time for our favorite part of the show, which we'll quickly go through talking about our rants and our raves, where we go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we're the Toronto Maple Leafs or we're uh, feeling like the Maple Leafs. Basically, make the playoffs or completely self-destruct in the middle of the playoffs. Um, Do you want me to go first? I have a very quick rave. Um, no, go, go right ahead. Go, go right ahead, please. So I just have a very, a very quick rave here to talk about. Um, and in full disclosure, I have done a bit of work with uh, Salesforce in the past as a client, um, but they have been um, on a tear lately about some of their new um, uh, digital three hundred and sixty. Uh, the way that they're repositioning, sort of, their entire platform from marketing cloud to commerce cloud to their customer data platform, and we'll link in the show notes to it's a press release from them. And I promise this is not anything. I'm not trying to pitch Salesforce or anything. I just, I in fact, I talked about Adobe a couple of weeks ago, um, focusing in on this. The really the key here is, is that how they're focusing in on first party data and owned media first party data that is available to customers and how it can start to really drive through their systems and how they're starting to integrate all that acquired first party data into everything that you can do with the Salesforce suite, including the ability to target content, the ability to um, drive better information, you know, pull it into your commerce channels, all those kinds of things. Um, And it's just, I'm so glad to see the enterprise companies, and that includes Salesforce and Adobe. I haven't seen much come out of Oracle, but I'm assuming they've got some of that with uh, Aliqua and some of the things they're doing. But truly, seeing these companies embrace the idea of our own first-party data, right? How we're using, um, and all of that, of course, comes from uh, the ability for us to drive great value with content and digital experiences to acquire that first party data and how they're starting to use that to really you know make it much easier um, and i'll just say easier because i know it's not easy to actually target that stuff and and really use it for you know great marketing results so you know kudos to them for focusing in on this and you know they they may or may not have listened to some of the stuff we said when we gave them feedback uh, but in so in full disclosure yes we have Talk to them about this, but I'm sure it's it has nothing to do with what I oh, said. Oh, I'm sure. They're just doing this I'm because sure. they recognize the the great um, the great marketing that uh, can be re- realized from it. Anyway, it's just a, a big kudos to them for for m- really making this happen instead of it being vaporware. It's
0: all you, buddy. Whole thing. <laughs> no, all not you. at all. I still can't get Twitter to
1: verify me, so you know I'm still I'm, I'm still persona non. I'm, grata. I'll send a note on your behalf.
0: I'll see what I see. Thank what I you can very do for much. You. Um, no, it's Thank interesting because the the release that you're talking about with um, Salesforce, for, they're launching this or announcing this stuff at Salesforce Connections, which used to be Exact yeah. Target Connections, which was a great event and still is apparently that their Salesforce is behind it. Our friend Jeff Roars started. A long time ago, and put together—that's right, the exact that's target right. folks. So it's it's just amazing how uh, you know it's, it, we're we're just old, but that's all it's, it's, we've yeah. just been around long enough to know. I used to go to that event.
1: I, I used to go to that event every
0: year with the Exact Target Connections event. It was always we, great. Was well, we a learned. I, I learned a lot when when we um, when I had the idea our team was starting to put together content marketing world. I based that. Concept for an event off of Exact Target's connections because ah, it was, interesting. I, I thought it was educational, it was entertaining. There was there was you know some unexpected speakers and great entertainment. Uh, you know after all the events and all that kind of stuff. So I sat down with Jeff and Jeff gave me some really good advice before we launched the first Content Marketing World. So a lot of kudos to to that team for helping out. My yeah. this is not anything other than. A PSA, I think, because I just learned about it. You knew about it when I was talking to you, but I did not know. I got a direct message from Matt. Do you know who Matt Navarra is? Matt Navarra. N-A-V-A-R-R-A. He has an amazing email newsletter that he puts out every Friday on social media. So if you're a social media person and you want to know more about it, get Matt Navarra's email newsletter. And I sent him a book because I mentioned him in Content Inc., and he's he sent me a dm back and he asked me if i knew anyone that knew a lot about google knowledge panels and of course here's another thing with instagram with me i'ts like i didn't know what a google knowledge panel was so i asked uh, dave anthony it extraordinaire um and i said dave where you know what is a google knowledge and he says it's right he said, he said google your name and you should have one just to the right of your name and i'm like oh that's a google knowledge panel i didn't know that and he said, "Have you, um, have you verified that that's yours? Have you taken ownership of that? I haven't." He's like, "What's wrong with you? Go to go do it, so that you can make recommendations if something's not right." So I just wanted to send this out there, so some of you that do have. Uh, you know, Google knowledge panels. They're basically Google pulls information, hopefully from a reputable site about you or about your brand or about your company, whatever the case is. And they put it down there to the right side of the page and says, okay, this is Joe Polizzi. Now, luckily for me, they were pulling from Joe But as you were telling me, they pulled some cor- incorrect information for you, correct? On yours.
1: They did. Yeah, they did. They had, they had a, a number of books uh, that, um, I you know I didn't write um, and and one book that uh, was missing so I went in there and yeah I did this about uh, three or four months ago I did this um, I have not gotten verified yet but so I'm still in the process of doing that for for, for this for this really it, seems. it yeah you don't get verified if you correct it you, you you don't you're not automatically verified if you correct it you just you 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 basically. Oh, okay. A so
0: that's right. all I'm at right now because I went in and I took ownership and I had to verify it through a couple of different things. I did through my Google account as and also my Twitter account. So they said, "Okay, you're verified." And now I have the email that you're verified. And now it says, "Make recommendations on what we should change." So that that's where yes. I'm at right now. So I guess I, for those people that knew, you could do yeah. it either way. You can do for those it. Those people way. that knew about this good for you Uh, you know you obviously know more than i do uh those people that didn't you probably should look and see what google's pulling and then you know get get claim claim your page and or your panel and then if it's not right you can make recommendations to google about it so i just thought that that was helpful advice i'm learning so much today about all the things i don't know which are so many I can't even... <laughs> well, yeah, we knew we did. that. We didn't know this. <laughs> I'm just wandering aimlessly through the forest, hoping not to hit too many trees That's right. along that, the way.
1: There yes. you go. That Absolutely. Yeah. So what, um, you're off to uh, do another,
0: uh, is there another launch this week? Yes, or actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm in launch. <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> we just released the audio book. Fantastic. You said, I thought there I, might be a I launch. told my wife about your comment last week about Robert says that we're launching something every day. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> guess I guess we are. So anyways, I was a little disappointed that Amazon Audible couldn't get the audio book in time for the launch, but finally this week it finally is up there. So if you want the audiobook for Content Inc., it is it is available. And uh and no, just just heads down. Uh I've been doing some, some more speeches online. Um, some more paid speeches, which is surprising. People are—is um, that coming? You're starting to get a lot of requests too, correct? Is this a thing? Is it? It's with more what? with more events. Are you getting a lot of requests for speeches right now?
1: Uh, no, uh, I, I wouldn't say that there's an onslaught of requests for speeches. I will say what I've seen is a significant decrease in virtual events. Yes, um, yes. where yes. I've seen you know basically. I think people have hit a wall when it comes to uh, virtual events. And so I'm seeing events, virtual events that were scheduled for late June and in July sort of come back to me and say, uh, I think we're gonna just wait, we're gonna delay and we're gonna actually be in person. So I've been seeing that trend, but I have not seen a significant increase, I mean, but you know, it's me. So what do you, what oh, you okay. say, right? You know, <laughs> so. Well, yeah.
0: you're you're, you're a little you bit go. busy with all your consulting uh, work. I mean,
1: that is true. That is true. We're we're doing very well. We're very happy with the where uh, where things are right now. Oh, with that, good, perfect. So
0: no no big no big plans. This th- okay. no big
1: plans. Nope. No big no big plans. Just enjoying the beginning of summer here and uh, here in Southern California and getting a little time at the beach and looking forward to June fifteenth when California sort of goes back to quote unquote normal. And um, now I'm fully vaxxed and I'm feeling good about that. So yeah, life is life is good. It's awesome. really good. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it. We're signing off. If you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 273 episodes, why don't you just head on over to our shiny little website at thisoldmarketing.site. That's right, .site. We want to thank the good folks at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site. And if you want your own .site domain, we'll get over to Radix and get yourself one. Until we meet again, folks, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on this old market.